You're listening to The Course Creator Show, the podcast all about building your online course business. We talk about marketing strategy, making money, and creating a business with impact that gives you freedom and lights you up. I'm Gemma Bonham Carter, a Canadian mom of two, a speaker, a real estate investor, a reality TV lover, and an online business strategist who has helped thousands of entrepreneurs create, launch, and scale their digital course businesses. Let's dive into this episode. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of The Course Creator Show. This is your host, Gemma Bonham Carter here, online business strategist and founder of Course Creator School and The Passive Project. So if you have been reading my emails or maybe even catching some of my Instagram stories, you might have noticed here and there me kind of dishing on a bit of a secret something that has been going on in my personal life that I've been keeping under wraps. Well, at least mostly under wraps. I will say that, you know, my team and some of my most, like some of the students that I work with already have these details, but I kind of needed to wait to unveil what this news is, mostly because there were a lot of logistic things happening behind the scenes. And I really wanted to wait until you know, all of our T's had been crossed and all of our I's had been dotted before I made this sort of personal life announcement. So I'm not going to bury the lead here. I'm not going to make you listen to this whole episode uh, and reveal it at the end. Our big news is that we, when I say we, it's myself, my husband, and my two kids are, we've made the decision to pack up and move abroad for a year. And so we are actually, so right now we live in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and that's where we've lived for, well, actually my husband and I both grew up here, then we moved away, we met in university, we've lived abroad before, and we eventually settled back in Ottawa and have had our kids here and have been here ever since, but we've decided to go on an adventure. If you've been around here for a while, you know that I love to travel. We do a lot of traveling every year as a family. And we've made the decision to go and move to France for a year. And we're actually moving to the south of France to um, a city called Aix-en-Provence. It is near Marseille. It's near Nice. Uh, It's right in the south, sort of near the Mediterranean, if you know French geography at all. So we're not moving to Paris. We're moving to the south. And I'll get into that a little bit more of how we chose where we're going. But that's the big news. Um... Let me back up a little bit and I'll tell you how we came to this decision. So it was around this time last year, sort of late August in this, you know, we'd just been spending the summer doing our usual thing of being, we're very fortunate that both my parents and my husband's parents have cottages that we go to and spend lots of time at throughout the summer. And there are, you know, our kids go either they're on holiday or sometimes we put them into day camps here at these cottages. And we just had had this like amazing summer, really relaxing with lots of time to like think and reflect about our lives. And, you know, typically that's when we decide to, I don't know, make big decisions. Do do you guys do that too? Like when you're on holiday is when you really like dive into these things. I don't know. It's something about being removed from your normal day-to-day life. You can kind of see the big picture a little bit more clearly. So we had been talking for ever about doing a year abroad. It was actually something we had talked about before we ever even had kids. We talked about doing sort of international adventures and how we would really want to give our kids some international experience during their childhoods. And 
We had actually lived together uh, in London, England back in 2010 before we got married. We were there for a year while I did my master's degree and my husband, I mean, he was my boyfriend back then, uh, and he, he ended up getting a job working for Apple. He's like in tech and stuff and kind of landed this great job in London. And so we were there for a year and kind of said like when we were doing that, we sort of said to each other, you know, how great would it be? to do this once every 10 years. Like we're very committed to living in Ottawa. We love Ottawa. We have lots of family and friends, but it's really nice to go and have these sort of longer term adventures too. And we thought, okay, if we could do this like once every 10 years, like that would just be so amazing. So last summer we kind of realized we were overdue for this for to stick on our schedule uh you know it was 2022 and we're like damn it's been 12 years since we've done that we've you know had two kids in that time gotten married in that time renovated a house in that time there's been a lot of life that we've lived but we felt like it was time to do a year abroad and the other thing is that our kids are getting to that age where you know, we just didn't want to, if you don't make the decision to like, just do it and just jump in. I mean, nothing's ever going to be perfect. We just felt like, oh, what if we, you never know what's going to happen. You're not promised tomorrow. And we wondered like if our kids got older and then somehow it's like harder to take a year abroad. We're very fortunate that right now our parents are healthy and well. So it's, you know, it's a good time. Like we don't feel I don't know, we just felt like it was a good time to make this decision and, and do this sort of year escape. And frankly, just sort of felt like, you know, we had that thing rolling in our brains of like, well, if not now, then when, right? If we don't do this now, when are we going to do it? And what's holding us back from doing it now? The only thing holding us back was A, fear, and B, like logistics, right? And we could work through both of those things. So we made the decision one summer night last August and just slowly started to put the pieces together. So why France? Like, why did we decide to go to France? Well, a couple of main reasons. One of the biggest one is the language piece. So because Canada is a bilingual country, both my husband and I speak a certain degree of French. We were in something that's called French immersion here, which means that when you're in school, most of your subjects are taught to you in French. And so we both went through that system. Now I'm going to tell you, both of us have lost a lot of our French. We can get by, we can understand most things, but we both need a lot of practice and freshening up when it comes to like speaking and writing ourselves. The other thing is our kids are in this same French immersion program that we did when we were growing up. And we just thought like, oh my gosh, how great to solidify for them their French, right? Like how best to do that? We'll go live in a French speaking, like get totally immersed in a French speaking culture. So that was really, I would say, the driving decision on why we chose France was because we wanted somewhere French speaking. The other thing is that we love France. We've been there before. And so this wasn't totally new to us. We have traveled there several times. We know, you know, how beautiful the country is. We love so much of the geography. We love the culture. You know, the slower pace of life is really appealing. There's like an an enjoyment of like food and culture and beauty and your surroundings there that we just can fall into with ease when we are traveling there. And so we thought, oh, like how nice to be able to do that for a full year. The other thing is it's a great stepping stone 
to so many more travels nearby. So we have traveled around Europe relatively extensively, but there's tons of countries and places we would still like to go and visit. Italy is a major favorite of ours. And so, you know, France and Italy are sort of next door to one another. And we just wanted to choose somewhere where it would be an easy jumping off point to get to so many other European destinations so we can do a bunch of like adventure and travel while we're there. So when we were looking at France as a whole, we fairly quickly decided to focus in on like the southern half of the country, mostly because of weather. Like I just, we're Canadian, we deal with cold winters every year, that's cool, but I didn't want really any cold weather uh, for this year abroad. I really wanted to go somewhere that was going to, for us, just feel like a holiday, right? It was going to feel warm year round. And so the northern part of France still gets pretty chilly. If you've ever been to like Paris in the winter, it's definitely chilly. And the southern part stays relatively warm. So we had sort of automatically chosen the bottom half of the country. And to be quite honest, all we did was pull open a map and really started to look at all of the different cities in the south of France and made a big list. We just kind of listed them out. And then this is like so rudimentary. We just then went and I Googled population size of these different cities. And we kind of, it's not like we had this like in any kind of special spreadsheet. I think I might've had a little notes section on the notes app on my phone or something. And we put population size in because we didn't want a huge city. And yet at the same time, we didn't want something that was so small and so rural that there, you know, might be like harder to make friends, might be harder to get around. There would be like no other expats living in that area. We wanted kind of that middle ground of just that sort of perfect size of city for us. And so we had written, I don't know, maybe four or five different ones down and actually at that point started to also look at people who we knew who knew France well. So my husband actually has some colleagues who are French. Uh, We also have some family friends who are either are French or have spent a lot of time in France. So we sort of started to like spread the word and ask and ask people's opinions and uh, got like narrowed it down to a couple of places one of which was Montpellier. And, you know, one of the pieces of feedback about Montpellier was that it's a real university town. And so while it kind of like hit our requirements from like a size and location perspective, we sort of realized, oh, maybe it wouldn't be quite as family focused as we were hoping. And that was sort of some feedback that we got from family friends of ours. So anyway, we we narrowed it down and really once we had gotten it down to like two or three cities, I also started to look at accommodation options just to get a sense of what were the prices of some of these cities that we were kind of looking at? What do rentals go for? How many rentals are there? Is it going to be hard to find, you know, accommodation? And I also started to just do random Google searches of like, I put in the name of the city and then I would just write things like, expat life, you know, or um, moving to wherever with two young kids and just like see if there were blog articles or anything that could come up that would sort of crack open the door a little bit to give me a sense of what living in those cities 
as an expat with, you know, relatively young kids is like. And so I basically went down the rabbit hole on Google, as you do. And in the end, we ended up really narrowing in on Aix-en-Provence, which is this town that is about, uh, it's about 30 minutes north of a much larger city called Marseille. And we didn't want the really big city. So Marseille was like never on our list. But Aix-en-Provence is just half an hour outside of Marseille and is big enough to have lots going on in X itself. So we narrowed it down to X and it's spelled A-I-X in case you've never heard of it or want to go look it up. I obviously like looked at all the Google images of Aix-en-Provence and was like, you know, blown away by how beautiful it looked. And if you remember, I went in May of this year with my husband, our fa- like our kids, and it actually my husband's whole extended family as well. We already had a trip to France planned with them. It was a celebration of my in-laws' wedding anniversary. It was a trip that was meant to happen in 2020 and never happened because of COVID. And so it got um, pushed until 2023. So we were already going to France in 2023 with them. So we actually tacked on about five days in the beginning of our trip before the rest of the family got there to go and check out Aix-en-Provence because I didn't want to get there having, you know, booked a place to stay, show up with all of our luggage, plan to be there for a year, and then hate the city, right? So I felt like, okay, this is a good sort of like, you know, testing ground, you know, recon mission trip to really just make sure that it lined up with what we were looking for. So we did go and spend four or five days there and we just loved it. It was a great size for us, really had a lot of the things we were looking for. Um, Great location, easy to get to from the airport, has like a great train station that connects to so many other parts of France and beyond, has a very lively tourist you know, scene, expat scene, and a local scene. So it just felt really good. And I ended up finding, before we went on this trip in May, I had already found uh, a, a potential apartment that we could rent. So rentals was actually one of the trickier things, I would say. I didn't, you know, if you go and you, let's say you look on like Airbnb, right? You know, there are so many options there, but if you start to make the stay really long, Well, of course, it's going to get so expensive, right? So I did end up finding an apartment um, on a different website. It was actually a website called sabbaticalhomes.com. And it's more meant for like people who are taking sabbatical for a year and maybe they're going to, you know, um, working from a certain university for a year or a hospital for a year. And it's meant for kind of these I don't know if you'd call them medium-term stays of international folks. And so I'd found an apartment on that website that looked great, kind of fit all of our requirements. We really didn't want to have to buy a car while we were there. So we wanted something that was walking distance to everything um, in a good school district, had the right kind of size for us, like et cetera, et cetera. So we had actually preemptively put a deposit down on this apartment. So the other thing that we did in that trip in May was to just go and see it. Because, you know, how horrible would it be if you like landed somewhere with your kids ready to like set up camp for the year and found out that, you know, the apartment was a a sham or like just it didn't, you know, what didn't match the pictures you saw online, that kind of thing. And so I'm happy to say that the apartment was lovely. 
really like fit all of our criteria and it was exactly what it looked like online, basically. So we went and checked that out and met the landlord and we went and walked by where the kids would be going to school. And like there was some administrative stuff we had to do on that May trip. So it was really good timing for us to go and do that and see those things so that we would feel really comfortable about our upcoming move. So that really just checked all the boxes. So basically at that point, we were fairly, like we were 100% settled on going to X. And I think what I'll do is I'm going to save, what what we'll do is do a part two of this episode where I go a little bit more into the, the logistics kind of thing of how all of this really worked and came together and all the things that we had to think about. But let me switch gears now and tell you kind of what our, you know, maybe more of our plans are for that year abroad. So obviously we're going to be putting our kids into French school and really diving into like making sure that we learn the language. So I think my husband and I are also going to enroll ourselves in some adult French classes. And, you know, are we going to take time off work? Like, yeah, we are. My husband is actually totally pausing his his work, his contract uh, work that he usually does. He is taking a pause from that. We're going to be able to do some travel, you know, more travel while we're away. I think we're going to have so many visitors. I can't even tell you like all the family and friends who said to us that they're really excited to come and see us. So although right now maybe it feels like we're making this like big move for a year, I have a feeling we're going to see so many people and it's not, it's going to go by in a flash. I don't think we're going to even have a chance to be homesick. And you know, we just feel really excited about having that white space to really explore and kind of dive in to experiencing that the country for the year. The really nice thing about French school, well, there are a few things, but one of them is that the kids get so much holiday. And so they actually have these two-week breaks every other month. And so we can take the kids on some amazing trips and adventures with, you know, Aix-en-Provence being our home base and do a whole bunch of traveling from there. And so we're really excited about that. We're also really excited about not having to pack lunches for a year because the French school system provides hot lunch every single day. So everyone who's listening, if you pack lunches for your kids every day, you're going to know what a damn treat that feels like. Uh, So that we're excited about. And the other kind of fun thing is that the kids actually get Wednesdays off as well. So school is only in session Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And Wednesdays is meant to be more of an extracurricular day. So I'm really excited about that, getting the kids into some sports and things that they really like doing and maybe just like having more time for them to do those things and explore those, like those interests of theirs. So that seems like a cool I don't know, just a lot of a lot of stuff about like the French school system seems different and something that I think we're really excited to experiment with. I've had a lot of people like we have obviously been talking about this in our personal life. Um, you know, most of our family and friends and people in our community kind of know that we're doing this. And a lot of people say like, oh, I wish I could do that. Right. Oh, that sounds amazing. You know, wow. How are you making that happen? And the thing is, and people are really surprised at the fact that we're doing this. And I totally understand that, A, our situation is unique, given that I work for myself, I have a business that is transportable anywhere in the world. You know, we are healthy people, like we're, you know, able to to do this at this time. We have a whole lot of like, we're very privileged in terms of being able to have like financially saved up for something like this. But all of those things, like recognizing all of those things, 
I also just want you to know, like anyone can make this happen. You know, as if you're healthy and you're able to plan and work towards something like this, like it's really just about, about making a decision to do something differently. And yes, there's risk involved and yes, it's different. And yes, it's stepping outside of your comfort zone. I definitely feel all of those things. But I also know that some of the best things that have ever happened for me have come from that exercise of stepping outside of my comfort zone. You know, business, starting a business, like that feels risky and look at how that can pay off, right? Or talking to that person that you kind of have a crush on, like that is a scary thing. But what, you know, what if they end up being like the major love of your life, right? Deciding to have a baby is a scary decision to make, but there's nothing better in the whole wide world. So, you know, for me, the things that have like given me the butterflies or the nerves have always been the things that have led to the amazing stuff, right? I don't want to have that feeling of not, I'm not talking about when you feel like a sense of dread or, you know, the hair standing up on the back of your neck. I'm not talking about that kind of nervous, but like those, I don't know, I I call them like the tummy nerves, like the butterfly in your stomach nerves. That's my cue that like, I should do that thing. You know, that's usually my sign that there's just a bit of fear in me and that I should, it's going to be a good thing if I just like work through it and do it anyway. And I like, am I scared of doing this big move? You better believe it. (laughs) I'm nervous about lots of things. I'm nervous our kids are going to have a rough time at school. I'm worried that they're not going to like make friends. I'm worried about the language for them, that that's going to cause them like to struggle. I know that I'm going to miss my parents and my family and my friends really badly. Like we've worked hard to develop some amazing friendships and, and a real community in Ottawa over the last 10 years that we've been living there. And I feel like I'm going to have FOMO of like missing out on stuff at home. You know, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, what if like we don't make any friends in France? You know, I I certainly will miss like our comfortable home um, that, you know, suits me just right. And I've decorated just the way I like it. And it feels very cozy right? I'm going to miss all of those things. But I also know that we're going to make memories that are going to last a lifetime, right? And that these like fears or these like nervous things of mine, they're just like my comfort zone trying to keep me where I feel safe. And I know that the best stuff can come outside, like when I step outside of that comfort zone. So I don't know, I'm feeling really excited about it. I am going to pause there and I'm going to keep I'm going to press, you know, you can press play next week on part two of this series, which is going, I really want to dive into the logistics of everything because that's, those have also been the questions that have come up from our friends and family have just been like, how does it work? Like, how are you doing what you're doing? And explain it to me because, you know, we might want to do this too. So I will go into all of that in part two. I'd also love to hear from you. What questions do you have? Well, do you also have like any France recommendations? I am all ears. Have you lived abroad before? Like, I would love to hear about your experience. You can hit me up on social. Let me know. I'm over on Instagram at Carter. And the other piece of this is I would love to get a sense from you who are, especially those of you who are like my longtime listeners, or maybe you're on my email list, or you follow me on social. I'd love to know I'm, I'm trying to figure out like what's the best way to share or capture my time there and like share it with all of you. So do I do, you know, I've been playing with a few ideas. Like maybe I do a monthly podcast episode where it's nothing to do with business. I just recap 
kind of the past month along our journey in France. And that might mean, you know, it could be like the settling in stuff when we first get there. It could be things like some of the trips we're doing, things we recommend. And there's parts of me that really want to go deep and document and share everything. And there's other parts of me that don't want no responsibility in doing any of it, right? I just want to like live my life while I'm there, not document a thing. So I'm sort of, yeah, in this space of not sure quite what I'm going to do yet. So if you have any brilliant ideas for me or ways in which you would love to hear about our journey while we're over there, I'm also very open to hearing that. So drop that into my DMs or send me an email at hello at gemmabottomcarter.com. Send that my way. I would love to hear your thoughts. That is it for this episode. As always, it means so much to me if you can leave a five-star rating or review of this podcast so that I get seen by more listeners. And don't forget to tune back in next week for part two of this series on us moving to France. That's a wrap. See you next time. That's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're ready to launch your first course, sign up for our free class in the show notes to learn my method on how to do it successfully and unlock an invite into our signature program, Course Creator School. Or if you've already launched a course and you're ready to scale and go evergreen, it is time to join us inside of the Passive Project, my membership community for experienced course creators. Head to gemmabottomcarter.com forward slash apply to submit an application. If you enjoyed this episode, leave me a rating or review or tag me over on Instagram at gemma.bottomcarter. I would love to hear from you. I'll see you next time on The Course Creator Show.